What's up, everybody? Welcome to Greatness Begins, the PlayStation show where I, Ryan Turford, the man on the moose, tell you all about my favorite 50 PlayStation 1 games of all time. So, folks, if you're listening to this on podcast feeds and you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button on your podcast feed of choice. Don't forget to leave us a rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And then last but not least, if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like button. Make sure to subscribe to the channel and ding, ding, ding. Don't forget to hit that notification bell to be notified whenever we go live or when we have a new video. And today, I'm pretty excited to talk about today's game uh, because for folks that don't know or have been listening to us for a while, you probably know I like licensed games a whole lot. You know, whether it's, you know, Lord of the Rings, you know, Return of the King um, or Alien Trilogy a couple weeks ago. Um, I really like licensed games, especially the PS1 as well. Was it like a great console for really weird and goofy and kind of experimental, you know, licensed games. Um, you know, we got, you know, Alien Trilogy and today's games, but we also got, you know, a lot of really bad licensed games as well based off, you know, good properties like The Fifth Element or Independence Day or all kinds of, you know, crazy stuff. If there was a popular franchise that was out during the PlayStation 1 era, it probably had a licensed game on the PlayStation 1 because everyone was, uh, you know, trying this new kind of experimental 3D technology with games and they were basically throwing ideas at the wall to basically see what would stick. And licensed games are kind of a good way to do that because they they kind of, you know, force you to, to be within a certain realm of, you know, to, to have the setting and to basically have everything kind of presented in front of you. So then you can kind of build the game around that. So you saw a lot of people take a lot of risks with licensed games during the PlayStation 1 era. And sometimes, just sometimes, you'd actually have really good licensed games that would come out of the PlayStation 1 era. And, and mind you, today's not going to be the last time I talk about a licensed game on the list, but this today's licensed game is a perfect example of that because it's a game that, in theory, you would think probably wouldn't work or I probably wouldn't put on a list like this where it's actually a really good game. But this game is really awesome as long as you, you turn your brain off a little bit. And that game, folks, Die Hard Trilogy on the PlayStation 1. Um, this was basically meant to be like covering the entire trilogy of Die Hard. Now, it's different from Alien Trilogy that I covered a couple weeks ago on the show because that game literally had nothing to do with the movies at all. It was basically, you know, other than using Ripley as a character and then using some of the environments from the movie, that was about it. Whereas Die Hard Trilogy... Believe it or not, is trying to be a faithful recreation of the three Die Hard movies. Now, this game came out in North America on August 31st, 1996, and it was developed by Probe Entertainment, released by Fox Interactive here in North America, which, of course, Probe probably sounds familiar because, again, I just talked about them two weeks ago on the show because they were also the developers on Alien Trilogy, and they also were in development around the same time, um, like Die Hard Trilogy um, started to be developed a little bit after Alien Trilogy, but they, for the most part, they were being developed during the same time window. Also, this was also meant to coincide with Die Hard with a Vengeance, which came out in 1995. And um, this was originally, believe it or not, supposed to just be a Die Hard with a Vengeance video game. Um, and a lot of the elements that we see in the final product, if essentially the, the, the main idea was for those to basically be like in all throughout the entire events of Die Hard with a Vengeance rather than, you know, applying them to the whole trilogy. But what ended up happening, which made this a little bit interesting around this time, is that Probe, the software that was developed, the, the company developing this, was actually acquired by Acclaim, um, who actually published Alien Trilogy, um, it, whereas, you know, Probe had been working with Fox for years. I mentioned this on the Alien Trilogy episode, but they had been working on, you know, Alien-specific games for forever, and, and that was in tandem with Fox. Um, so when, when Fox Interactive wanted to become, you know, more 
you know, hands-on in the the publishing process during this era of games, essentially. Um, they And after kind of Probe was acquired, um, they basically, you know, shifted things around because the team wanted to prioritize, you know, Alien Trilogy is kind of their big game coming out, even though it's funny how on a list like this, I'm actually ranking, you know, Die Hard Trilogy a little bit higher than that game. Um, but uh, yeah, so after that, they basically, the, the development kind of shifted to a smaller team of developers at Probe. And Fox was ba- basically told them, look, you have access to all the Die Hard game, movies. In fact, they were the ones who came up with the idea that um, it should be a trilogy rather than just Die Hard with a vengeance. And they basically just said, like, just go nuts. We're, we're not going to step in. Just kind of do what you want with this. And uh, we'll we hope it's good. Essentially, it's is, is what they told them. Essentially, there's a bunch of interviews about this as well um, that I'll reference in the, the show notes as well, because um, I thought they were actually really interesting um, because I think the development of this game is just wild and wacky and just could have gone in a million of different directions. And again, this game could have been terrible, but I think the development team actually made some key things to, to help, you know, basically make sure that this game came out as good as possible. So let's talk about the game a little bit before I talk about some of those things. Um, So first of all, as I mentioned, it's essentially covering the Die Hard trilogy, but it's essentially three different games in one. So you're not just getting one game. It's actually it's actually more like three smaller, like Xbox Live Arcade sized games on one disc, as opposed to basically just one big game, essentially. So We'll start with Die Hard because the original Die Hard is a third-person shooter where you're basically fighting terrorists and rescuing hostages in Nakatomi Plaza, just like you'd expect a Die Hard game to be. I mean, the history of Die Hard games goes all the way back to you. The NES, where there was a Die Hard game there, which had a similar premise, and that game was not very good, whereas actually, again, this this whole game has like a very arcadey feel to it, um, and, you know, running around Nakatomi Plaza, killing terrorists and rescuing people is actually a lot of fun. So um, I actually really like, you know, Die Hard Um, and then Die Hard 2, Die Harder. What they decided to do for that one is because of the way that that movie set up and there's kind of like, you know, less action than Die Hard 1, if that makes any sense. They made it more of an on-rails shooter this time around where you're basically at the airport, the the Delhi's airport, and you're essentially shooting different terrorists or people invading the airport and you're trying not to shoot the civilians. It, it very much plays like a light gun game, like time crisis or house of the dead or something like that, but it's diehard themed, which is cool. Um, you can also fun fact, play that mode using a light gun, which it would be really hard to do on today's TVs, or you can play it with the PlayStation one mouse. So if you're one of those people out there who has the PlayStation one mouse, or I think, I think the a third party company actually makes a mouse for the PlayStation one now, because um, a lot of the light game games on PlayStation one also support the mouse. So that's one good way for us modern audiences to be able to play the game is with the mouse essentially, or at least find use for our PlayStation one mice, if you know what I mean. And then last but not least, Die Hard with a Vengeance, the the, ga- the movie that essentially was supposed to be kind of like the big crux of this whole thing. Um, they basically just turned it into a driving game, very much like Crazy Taxi, except you're not really picking people up. You're basically driving around New York City in Samuel L. Jackson's taxi, and you're basically stopping off at different places to basically disarm the bombs because that was a whole thing. And in Die Hard with a Vengeance was, you know, stopping the bombs being set by the terrorists in New York City. So that was that's essentially what you're doing in this game. Uh, but then you're not just driving, you know, the, the the taxi cab. You also drive a sports car and then 
eventually upgrade to a garbage truck for some reason. Again, it's it's very goofy and arcadey. Um, and, and and again, the gameplay is kind of king here. The story itself, they, they don't really go too much in the story, but they do have like a, you know, a, a Bruce Willis kind of impersonator and a Samuel and Jackson uh, impersonator as far as the voices are concerned, because it is voiced. Um, but you don't really have like cutscenes telling the story or anything like that. Like story is not the main focus here. The main focus is the gameplay. And again, this came up in the interviews with the developers because they were talking about what one of the big deals for them was making sure that the frame rate was rock solid for this game um, because it runs at a solid 60 frames per second on the PlayStation 1, which is pretty impressive for for an action game of this era because a lot of the times... If you go back and look at some of these older games like Siphon Filter, for example, um, like a lot of them run at 20 to 30 frames per second. um, And it feels like kind of a muddy experience, whereas the developers at Probe really, really wanted to stress that frame rate and gameplay were king when it came to the development of this game. So they wanted to make sure that it was a fun experience and that it was felt smooth to play, um, which also resulted in a lot of limitations visual wise with the game because this was also being uh, developed at the same time for the Sega Saturn. Um, the Sega Saturn we know in, in retrospect is just a less powerful console than the PlayStation one. Um, so they basically had to, to, you know, cut out, you know, polygonal models, for example, for the Die Hard two sequences um, and things like that. So there are some little, little small changes, but at the same time, I actually think that the visual style that they went with, again, if you look at it from the lens of, you know, this is like a 1996 arcade game that just, you know, happens to have three different, you know, movie selectors that, that give you three different gameplay experiences. You know, I think it's totally a serviceable experience and just a lot of fun to play. Like I had a blast revisiting it for the purposes of this podcast. I just had so much fun going back and playing it again. And it's 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 a, admittedly a very fun game that you you just play it over and over again. Um, and you're kind of like, you know, trying to get to the end because there is definitely an ending to each game. Um, they're not like traditional arcade uh, experiences where they just, you know, go on forever and ever and ever. Um, but at the same time, I think all three games included in this are really fun. And they actually did make a sequel to this, which, which spoiler alert, didn't actually make my list. But it's also very good as well. Uh, Die Hard Trilogy 2, Viva Las Vegas, which has literally nothing to do with the rest of the trilogy of Die Hard movies. is basically kind of like Alien Trilogy um, a couple weeks ago where, you know, Bruce Willis's character is John McClane. He just goes to Las Vegas and then there's a whole adventure there, essentially. And it's kind of like an arcadey experience in the same way, but um, it's just a different type of experience than this one. So I actually think the OG Die Hard Trilogy is definitely the way to go if you're interested. And I, I definitely think it's a fun pickup. If you've, you're playing it for the first time, um, if you like the Die Hard movies, I think this is a slam dunk. And if you don't like the Die Hard movies, but you like, you know, pick up and play arcadey experiences, um, whether you're like on rail shooters or third person shooters, I think you're going to really dig Die Hard Trilogy. I think it's a lot of fun and definitely worth your time if you are collecting PlayStation 1 games. And it's definitely one of the better licensed games on the console for sure. And, and the downside, of course, and I talked about this on last week's episode with Fear Effect, there's no modern way to really play this game, unfortunately. Like I said, it's only on the Saturn and the PlayStation 1. So you don't really have any other way to play it besides the PlayStation 1. But um, as I was holding up here, I have the greatest hits copy. This goes for pretty cheap. You can probably get a complete copy for you know under 20 bucks. So, I mean, you have a cheap option available to you if you have access to a PlayStation 1 or a PlayStation 3, because this is my, you know, episode reminder that, hey, by the way, the PlayStation 3 also plays all the PS1 games as well. You just put your disc in and it totally works just fine. So there you go. That's everything you need to know about Die Hard Trilogy. What do you think 
but Die Hard Trilogy. If you're watching on YouTube, let me know in the comments below. I would love to hear from you. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You can find us on Twitter at Carpool Gaming, on YouTube at youtube.com slash Carpool Gaming, on Patreon at patreon.com slash Carpool Gaming, and on podcast services around the globe. So I'm Ryan Turford. This has been Great and This Begins, episode three, and we're out.